and we are here live in Cape Town, South Africa on January 2nd, 1902. Welcome to the podcast, Cecil. So great to have you on the show. Well, Mr. Hearn, it's an honor to be here. Glad to hear it. Now let's get started, shall we? Go right ahead. So, Cecil, let's give our viewers some background information. In case they aren't familiar with you, who is Cecil Rhodes and how did he get to where he is today? I am the founder of the DeBayer Mining Company, which has brought me an unexpected amount of fame and riches. My rise to success was definitely an unlikely story, and a long one at that. I think to truly encapsulate my story, I must go all the way back to when I was born. I hope you don't mind. Absolutely not. Please continue. Thank you. So, I was born in Hertfordshire, England, a modest but still fairly privileged community, especially in comparison to these hellholes I've had the displeasure of either working in or governing. Uh, wow. Uh, excuse me, please continue. So, as I was saying, my childhood was plagued seemingly by chronic sickness. My childhood was so miserable, my parents sent me to South Africa, of all places, in hopes that the climate would be better for my health. And if you didn't put two and two together, my parents aren't doctors. Uh, sorry to interrupt you again, but, uh, I sense a little bit of distaste for the African community from you. Yeah, nice observation there, Professor. How about we touch up on that when I'm done trying to tell my story for the third time? Sure. Sorry for that. So, as I was saying, uh, I first entered the gross climate of Africa with nothing but the money I was lent from my Aunt Sophia in my pockets. Uh, My first day was with Dr. Sutherland, who was a total weirdo. Although, to be fair, uh, not only did he inspire me to move as far away from him as possible, he also inspired me to to take an interest um, in agriculture. Interesting. How did this affect your life? Well, it wasn't what made me rich. Agriculture did send me on the path to where I am today. Would you mind going more into depth about this for us? Well, after I wanted to obtain a career in agriculture, I decided to meet up with my brother Herbert on his cotton farm in his hell. Oh, now how did that move pan out? Well, unfortunately, the land wouldn't produce any cotton. Well, actually, I can't say it was unfortunate because our lack of success in Natal was what drove us to make the big move to Kimberley. And what brought you to Kimberley? Well, the diamonds, of course. I figured. Do you mind explaining how you fared in Kimberley? I'd love to. In Kimberley, me and my brother started going into the diamond industry. Over the course of 17 years, I changed my life forever. Unfortunately for my brother, I purchased his claims as he lost faith in the diamond industry. I was able to create a monopoly over the diamond, the diamond mining industry over those years by controlling the world's supply in order to drive prices up. This is what has made me so rich. Wow, truly an unbelievable story. Some of our listeners may not know this, but you're also the owner of the Roach Fruit Company and part owner of the Niger Oil Company. Yes, I was able to capitalize on a farming epidemic, which made it possible for me to finance fruit growing operations that later became wildly successful. Me and my business partner, Charles Rudd, were also able to strike it rich in the oil industry as well uh, with our creation of the Niger Oil Company. You mentioned your business partner, Charles Rudd. Was the Niger Oil Company the only business venture he took part in with you? No, Rudd 
although far less iconic and riches me, did play a significant role in the rise of the Daybear Company. Didn't really think we were here to discuss my sidekick, though. Anything else you want to know about me? Can you talk about your experience as a prime minister for us? More specifically, could you address what led to your resignation? Well, for the better part of six years, I was the prime minister of the Cape Colony. Over those six years, I had the honor and privilege of establishing the dominance of the Anglo-Saxon race over all others. Unfortunately, this came to an end after the now infamous Jameis Raid. Looking back on it, well, I messed up. To all my listeners, it's important for you to know that my only intention was to continue British imperialism. Furthermore, I hope my overall legacy isn't overshadowed by this one event. I'm sure it isn't, Cecil. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to move on to discussing your opinions on racism. Ugh, I mean, to be completely honest, I just think that they're lesser than people like you and I. Like, they should be doing our dirty work. That's what they're there for. Who do you mean when you say they? Well, you know, they, like any non-white person. My grandfather always said, if it ain't white, it ain't right. Okay, uh, I think we've heard enough from you today. Uh, Thanks for joining this show, Cecil. Thanks for having me, I guess. Signing off from Cape Town, South Africa, I'm Patrick O'Hearn, and we'll see you next time. Hello, all. Uh, Just a disclaimer, I'm Connor. And I'm Pat. And we are not racist.